Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. If one thing is for certain, it is that fatherhood has existed since the start of humankind. But how much has fatherhood really changed? Welcome to another episode of Counterthought. This is a special Father's Day edition as we are approaching Father's Day this coming weekend. And I just wanted to dedicate an episode to really talk about fatherhood in 2022. As I mentioned in the open, fathers have been around since humankind, right? The start of humankind. But how much has fatherhood really changed? We have seen everything around us as humans change, right? From from just rocks and sticks and the invention of the wheel to the you know, invention of this, that, and, and the other thing going back thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Even just in my lifetime, the 36 years I've been here on earth, things have changed, things have been invented. So if you were to visualize this, or in my mind, I, I see this as fatherhood just you know, standing in the middle, kind of being stationary, while everything is swirling around the father. Fatherhood, to me, hasn't really changed that much. Now, I am, I'm no history buff. I haven't dug deep into you know, the, the books of history about fatherhood and, and humankind, but from everything that I have learned from my father, <clears throat> Everything that I am passing on to my own boys, there are tons of similarities. The framework of fatherhood to me hasn't changed a whole lot. Now, the the pieces that that attach to the framework, so to speak, attached to the structure, have changed. And I'll get into that a little bit later in this episode. But to me, what a father is supposed to be hasn't really changed. And what do I mean by that? Well, for me growing up, most of my memories with my father, who's still alive. So dad, if you listen to this episode, thank you so much for the values and the memories that you that and I have. Um, I'll cherish them forever. Most of my memories are related to sports. They, they center on sports. Myself as a kid growing up, I, I played sports for as long as I can remember. I played T-ball, which I think starts around age five. I played flag football. I remember playing for the YMCA. My T-ball team was the Mighty Mites, and I think was the park was Jervy Gant in Ocala. I played basketball through the YMCA. I played soccer through the Big Sun Youth Soccer League in Ocala. And I did that from, again, age five all the way through sophomore year of high school is when I stopped playing, I guess, 
sports, so to speak, basically like, you know, for, for an actual team or something like that, it was sophomore year was my last year playing high school basketball. I decided then like, Hey, I'm not going to get a college scholarship for basketball. So I'm going to focus and get a job and prepare myself for college and, and my major, which at the time was going to be architecture. But from five through age 16 years old, those 11, maybe 10, 12 years, everything was sports. And not just me playing sports, but going to sporting events. My, my family, we, they've had season tickets to Florida Gator football games for as, as long as I've been alive. So Saturdays in the fall were either, you know, soccer games. One year it was, it was football games. And then buzz on up to Gainesville and go to the Gator game if it was at least at 3.30 in the afternoon or maybe a night game. And then going to spring training games in the in the spring in Lakeland, Florida, and watching the Tigers play basically the better team that always came and played them. That was that was our goal. My favorite team growing up was was and still is today the Atlanta Braves, World Series champions. I might add. So you know, little brag there. First time since 1995. You know, I'm, I wasn't mad about it, right? You know, sure it took them. You know, sure, sure it took. 20 plus years for them to get another one. But hey, World Series champs, I'm good. But we would go down to Lakeland to watch the Detroit Tigers spring train and play the better team coming in. So going to see the Braves who were training in Winter Haven and then eventually moved to Orlando. They would come over to Lakeland. That's like a 45-minute drive for them. Watching them play, the Tigers play the Yankees. Watching them play you know, the Red Sox or whoever. The Tigers were terrible when I was growing up in the nineties. So we would always go see the tires, cheap seats, cheap tickets, easy access to the players when they would get off the bus, try to get autographs, like all of these, all of these memories going to Atlanta for sec football championship games for, for the Gators, you know, everything centered around sports. My dad, a lot of the childhood memories he would share, the stories he would tell were his own, um, sports achievements and the like, you know, talking about in the sixties growing up and being able to ride their bike, he and his friends from his parents' house, my grandparents' house to what was called Tiger Town or at the time had, I believe was actually a functioning airport, but there were still baseball fields there and, and going there and, and watching games and standing out beyond the fence to try to catch home run balls. And sitting, and sorry, dad, if I got that story wrong, but, and then sitting there in elementary school while the Tigers were playing just down the street. And because there was no air conditioning within the school, the windows were up and afternoon games, my dad would say like he would have the hardest time paying attention in class because he could hear the baseball game taking place. And that's where his interest was. So all of these memories that I have with my father, with my dad, center around sports. Now with my boys, they're about to be five and two. I haven't really introduced sports too much to them. A part of me wonders like, should I be, should I have done more in, in the first four years, right, of, of my oldest kid's life? Because I feel like my parents did more, you know, sports were part of my life more at, at that age than I have done now. But Plenty of time, right? 
plenty of time for my boys to grow up and to introduce them to sports if I feel, you know, like like if they show interest, basically not to really push it upon them. So we'll see where that goes in the memories that they have of me. But I started thinking, you know, what what else, you know, beyond these memories that just centered around sports that I have with my dad, what else did my dad instill within me? What was his role as a father as I was growing up in the late 80s through the 90s? Because by the early 2000s, I was 16, 17, 18 years old and then technically an adult. Now, fatherhood does not end there, right? I understand that. We all understand that. But those formative years, those core years, those pivotal years when you're a child and growing up to become an adult, what did I learn from my dad? What was his role? And then how does that compare to what my role and what the role of us fathers today, how, what are the similarities and maybe what are what are the differences? So I think back and I think, values right right from wrong that was true for me as a kid as it was at the start of humankind and as it is today for me as a father one of my responsibilities is to instill values as part of a team effort right with with the mother with your wife part of a team effort to instill these values to teach right from wrong to teach how to be kind and loving and considerate you know to be to be nice to individuals to be helpful to all of these different things also to as a as a as a boy growing up to be a man this this desire to you know for me at least there's competition to be competitive very competitive person i might not have played sports over the last you know, 15 years or so, so like too much, but their competitive drive doesn't just, isn't just for sports, right? You can be competitive in anything. It can be competitive in school or it can manifest in so many different ways, but that was something I feel like was, was taught and taught for me and for me to, to grab a hold of and something that was instilled within, within me. Cause as a, as a boy, and then developing into a man. And then as a father, like there is a competitive nature within you. It just might manifest itself in a different way. One could say, you know, you could be competitive in whatever it is that your interest is. You could also say that as a boy becoming a man, you need to be competitive in your pursuits of a woman. So these other values, I grew up in a Christian home. I've mentioned that on probably three, four, five, maybe more episodes, you know, grew up in a, a Christian home. So my faith was also instilled within me. My watching my dad as he was a, a deacon of our church growing up. And I don't really have vivid memories of, of everything, but I'm sure I picked up on things that he was doing within the home, you know, prayers at bedtime, the way he conducted himself at home and at church or at, or at work. And I picked up on these things and I'm sure many of those things I picked up on shaped my life, helped form my life and formed who I am. So I am cognizant of all of these things as I am trying to raise along with my wife, but as the father 
to do my part for my boys. I want them to be to be kind, to be courteous, to be you know, have this desire for for learning, for knowledge, to be loving, to be caring, to be happy, to to be honest. All of these things for my boys. Now, going back and looking over the years, we can say, you know, okay, well, fathers back a hundred years ago didn't have to deal with social media and technology and all of these things. They didn't have to deal with, you know, a child needing a phone because, you know, you may need to get in touch with them if they are at school late or at a practice late for a sports team or an extracurricular activity and you give them this phone. And then at the same time, how do you, how do you manage that phone and protect them from all of the things they could have access to through that phone with the internet? My dad didn't have to worry about that when I was a kid. I didn't get a phone until I turned 16 years old because I could drive a car. But today, kids have phones as young as six, seven, eight years old, depending obviously on the parents and, and their situation. People way back 100 years ago didn't even know what a, what a cell phone was. So these are the types of things that, you know, attach to this structure of fatherhood that have changed over the years. But when you get to the core and to the foundation, the structure of, of fatherhood, it hasn't really changed too much. Back 100 years ago, 200 years ago, whatever, the father was teaching their children, if it was a if it was a, a son or a daughter, how to do all of these things, the same types of values. The interest of the child can differ, so there's a little bit of variation there and not necessarily values, but interest and in how you embrace those interests and encourage your, your child, right? That's another thing that a father should do, should be encouraging for their children. They should not force their own interest upon their children and kind of live vicariously through them, but they should support their child in whatever that their whatever their interests are and you know encourage them to pursue their passions and hopefully those passions become you know the career for that child so their child feels like the child feels like as an adult that they aren't really working a day in their life that they are doing what they are passionate about not going to burn out not going to just have a job to have a job but to truly pursue what they are passionate about and and to live life to the fullest through the encouragement and building up that confidence that the child will need to have and carry into adulthood. Those things existed hundreds, thousands of years ago, and they exist today. Social media, no. But that underlying foundation, that structure, yes. Now the role within the household of a father has has changed over the years, right? If you go back a hundred years to when my grandfather, uh, my, my dad's father was born, you know, he came into adulthood and started his family in the forties. And then my dad was born in the early fifties, right? He was the grandfathers then going back, even the great, great grandfather. So the early 1900s, it was, it was the man who provided for the family and like some 80 to 90% of, of all households, you know, the, the wife did not have a job. Her job was to be in the home, raising the children during the day while the, the husband, the father went to work. 
And then even for my dad, who entered into the workforce in the early early 70s, that was still the case in well over like 60% of the households. The husband went to work, the father went to work, the wife, the woman, the mother stayed home, raised the kids, and the dad saw their kids either early in the morning before work or after they got home from work. Now, over the last 30, 40 to 50 years, though, we, we've seen that change a little bit. We have seen it change to where the the father and the mother have to work, not necessarily the best situation. You can say a lot of that is because of just of the way our society has changed, right? Also from the, from the equality front, from the feminist push, right? Feminism and, and wanting equality, but then also for also from a economic standpoint to where it seems like a, a man, a husband and a, a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, they need to both work to be able to bring enough income to support their household. So over the last 30, 40, 50 years or so, we have seen a shift to where now husband and wife work in the house and men are also at home and women are increasing in their percentage of being the quote unquote breadwinner. So fatherhood has taken on a little bit of a different look. Role hasn't changed entirely, but now less than ever is the father, the lone breadwinner for the family. I myself I work for a big corporation, big healthcare corporation. I have been working from home for the last eight years. So even before starting my family, I was, I was working from home before my boys were even born. I was working from home and still working home from this day. And what that allows me to do is because my wife has to be at her job before the boys are even waking up and have to go to, to daycare and to preschool. I am the one who is responsible for getting them ready to go to daycare and to preschool. You know, you go back again, like I was just saying 30, 40, 50 years ago and beyond, that would not be the case. The husband, the father would be the one who would get up and go to work. And it would be the mother, obviously who stays home and gets the kids ready and, you know, takes them, puts them on the bus, whatever to school. So for me, that is a, flip right in the role because my wife works and I work from home and I'm the one who starts work later. I am the one who is tasked and responsible for, for getting my kids up and sending them out to school. And that's going to be that the case until one or both of us has any type of, of job change. So the role of the father, the structure of the father though, continues to be the same. Now you could argue that you know, the father being more involved, being around more, being a stay at home dad, if the, if the wife is, is the, um, the, is the breadwinner or a father who works from home, you know, that's more time with their children. And I would advocate, and I would say that that is, that is a good thing. That is an improvement, you know, more time that a father can have with their kids. That, that's fantastic. I've already gone over this in the uh, nuclear family episode, which I, was one of the first five episodes of this podcast. Like there are obvious statistical 
benefits. You know, everything is documented that the nuclear family, the husband, wife, and the children living in the same household is the best foundation, the best launching point, the launching pad for success in this world or in this country, at least. The nuclear family is the best family structure for one, for the children to go on and succeed. So a father getting more time with their children, and we see this talked about or hear this talked about all the time now when we're looking at, you know, the crime rates that are spiking, murders, you know, whatever kind of crime that if you look for like an underlying characteristic in the, in a, that there are a lot of fathers who are not in the home. These angry males that are coming up, a lot of them do not have fathers within the home. They may not even know who their fathers are, or they may know and their father is just absent. And who knows what kind of detriment that is having on on these boys' lives as they're growing up and becoming filled with anger and filled with rage. So the role of a father is pivotal. Fatherhood, there may be things that we're dealing with today that didn't weren't even thought about years ago, but the role of the father to me has not changed. The father needs to be everything I've mentioned. The father needs to be loving, kind, encouraging, you know, supportive, competitive. He's to love spouse when the husband and wife are there. If it is a divorce, you know, love the children, love your children, teach your kids skills, teach them respect and honor and honesty, kindness, and goodness, your religion, your faith. Be supportive. Children come to their father for love and support and for guidance. And we need to, if you are a father, you need to be able to give those things to your children. And if you are watching this and you're a father, but you feel like you have come up short in these areas, there is time to correct it, regardless of the age of your children. Of your, If they are adults, there is time. Do not sit and waste it. Act upon it. Time and apologies and whatever the situation is, time heals all wounds, they say. So don't think if you are in some type of estranged relationship with your children that you cannot repair it. There is time. And as a father, I believe a father owes it to their children to always be there for them. Regardless of what that means you may have to do in that relationship. So if you're a young father, if you are an older father, as we approach Father's Day coming up this weekend, please, as you are being celebrated, Please take the time to reflect on yourself and see what it is that you can do to build up and strengthen that relationship that you have with your child, 
or your children. And fathers, lastly, happy Father's Day. Be the best that you can be, not only for yourself, but for your family and for your kids. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.